Hey everyone, this is Mike. Something must be in the air lately because we've received a bunch of emails and questions from podcast listeners and website visitors about quote unquote firing people. I don't know what's going on right now, but I was a little bit disturbed by what I perceive is a lack of appreciation for the responsibilities of the manager when the manager starts even thinking about firing somebody. So we're going to solve this right now. This week, we're re-releasing one of our Hall of Fame casts on the late stage coaching model. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, March 6, 2006. Hi, this is your host, Michael Ozan, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Last week, Mark Horseman and I covered the late-stage coaching model, or what's the process you go through when having to fire someone. Now, as we noted then, and I'll say again now, this process isn't really a how-to-fire someone, but rather how to develop someone. And if they don't improve, being in a position to fire them and feeling uh, not too bad about it. This week, we review the model in a bit more detail, with some detailed examples to better illustrate the process. The entire review is a bit long, so we broke it up into two parts, the first of which we'll cover today. Now, for some of you, this may feel a bit repetitive. In some sense, it is. However, this is one of those processes that Mark and I feel is worth spending some more time on. If you haven't listened to last week's show, you may wish to do so before listening to this show. It will set the stage for what you'll hear on this cast. With that warning, here we go. So last week, I don't think we called it this on the podcast last week, but we re- really reviewed the late stage coaching model. Yeah, but 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 it was not just late stages. I mean, we, obviously, a, a manager tools manager ends up in late stages coaching because in rare cases, the feedback model, systemic feedback, um, the coaching model um, don't work. Um, or they're essentially they're ineffective in changing behavior. And um, so I don't know that this is really this entire set of podcasts is really not just about late stages coaching, although, of course, you have to go through these other stages. If you want to avoid putting people in, you know, in corrective action all the time, Mike, then you've got to go through these other stages. And we wanted to show the progression. Um, but I do think it's really part of the larger manager tools performance management, con- the con- our concept of performance management. And this just happens to be performance management for those people who are not performing up to standard. Yeah, and as, as we said last time, is you end up in this late-stage coaching model um, well into the feedback cycle. So it's, you almost end up there by surprise, the point being that you're trying to turn around somebody's performance and make them a good performer rather than starting off in this model with the intent of firing somebody. Yeah, as we yeah, jokingly you, referred to last time as yes, the exactly. podcast. Yeah, we, gotta, we have to be careful. We've already had a couple people you know, caution us about titles of podcasts that were intended to be catchy, but were slightly misleading. We want to be careful about that. But yeah, you know, my, my analogy to this is, and I, I was with a client uh, last week or earlier this week, and, and um, I, I, I started with my hands close together and then I had them diverge as they moved away from me. And I said, you know, the reason we have to fire people is because we only start giving feedback right at the end when the hands are two feet apart. The whole purpose of feedback and systemic feedback and coaching is to constantly be making adjustments. Um, 
so that you're you stay pretty close and that way you never get in a situation where you have to fire somebody obviously some people will resist managerial impact on their behavior on creating effective behavior or as, as we say in the definition of feedback encouraging effective behavior um but but it's a bit like driving in the sense that nobody starts out intending to get lost but at some point you are lost and and basically if you end up in the final stages in late stages um, if you do it this way with your best efforts, then the late stages don't become uh, miserably hard, documentation-wise, incredibly burdensome, and you're essentially handling a decline professionally. Look, we don't we don't like to be in a decline with an employee. We don't like a direct report to not do well. But on the other hand, we like the world to be perfect, and yet every company has lawyers, and so we don't want to go to court. But there are times where we end up getting sued. Uh, where big companies end up getting sued. You know, think about the BlackBerry RIM patent thing right now. You know, they all believe that they're acting on good faith, but then now look, they're in, you know, the the BlackBerry situation, they're in danger of being shut down because of some patent issues. So so this is the entire process in, in the event that the first four, five steps fail, you'll end up in late stages coaching within your company's um, corporate process. But, but um but in fact, this is really just part and parcel of the larger performance management um, uh, system that uh, manager tools encompasses. Right. Yeah, I keep on. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to use a, a martial arts analogy this this time because I use it all the time. <laughs> but uh, so I'll go to my other major hobby, which is uh, flying. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, we always tell you know students when. We're, we're teaching how to land or take off. Whatever. It's it's all about making small corrections early. Um, yes. And if you make small corrections early, you don't end up having to make the the big corrections that end up stalling the plane and causing you to crash to the ground. Always a bad thing when you're yeah. learning how to fly. The whole crashing thing is yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad, bad. Yeah. So okay, so we we said last week that uh, this week we were going to take people through a uh, an example of the model and walk right. them through it because there is a lot of of lot of um, details that we didn't cover last time but in in review the steps of the there were six steps of the the process right one was feedback right two is systemic feedback right which is a little different it's it's the same sort of behavior but it's different now we're giving different um different feedback yes right now we're giving feedback about not not responding to the initial feedback yes exactly Right. Step three, one-on-one performance discussion. So yeah. one-on-ones. Yeah, just sort of uh, an elevation, just sort of making it clear that you know there are issues. Step four was uh, coaching. Right. Step five, a uh, perfor- uh, formal performance discussion. Right. And six was uh, coaching, kind of that final stage coaching within whatever your corporate process is, right. however it's defined. Yeah, this would be the thing that HR makes you do if you ever think that you might end up having to fire somebody. And 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 as you as you so elegantly put last time this is the one place where hr absolutely does their job brilliantly and in fact a client hr manager and i had lunch um this past week and uh she looked me dead in the eye and said you know what are your what are your opinions about hr and i was very direct uh and i and i brought this podcast up and i said i you know um in fact in this particular process hr does a great job because how many managers do you know mike that that come to the final stage and don't have any documentation, haven't really done a whole lot, haven't coached, haven't spent hours working on it and agonizing about it. All they've done is gotten angry um, and then say, okay, I want to fire somebody. And HR says, okay, <laughs> you know, where, where's your backup? Where's your documentation? Where's your proof? And the manager goes, gosh, I can't fire anybody around here. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, there. So those, yeah, yeah, the those are the six steps. And and like I, I think I said last time in the last podcast, I, I don't remember. There are really only three types of steps. There are two steps on feedback. There are two steps on coaching, and there are two steps on performance discussions. That's why I go back again. And the performance discussions happen within the realm, or they can if you choose to, and I would recommend it. They happen within one-on-ones. So this is essentially the the performance management process, the basis of which is one-on-ones, feedback, and coaching. And if everybody isn't sick of me talking about the Holy Trinity about this yet, the managerial trinity, if you will, they will be at some point two, three, five years from now. Yeah. Okay. So having reviewed the steps, let's – Let's uh, let's go through an example of of uh, somebody, and we'll we'll let this kind of play out, and people will kind of figure it out as we go. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Because you know that that's how it happens. I mean, you give feedback to somebody. You you want this to be a small adjustment. We want them to get back on track, but sometimes they don't, and you give more feedback, and they still don't, and and you end up in a couple of months going, boy, I remember giving my first bit of feedback. I didn't think we'd end up here. Right. You'd hope they'd catch on. So we're not going to reveal where we're going just yet. We're going to just give some examples of feedback that's come up. Okay. So, so for purposes of this, this, um, long term process, we're going to, I'm going to be the manager. It's going to be manager Mark. Uh, hopefully the dark Mark won't come out too much. Um, Jan will be the person who we're coaching. Um, and a couple of her coworkers are Joe and Robert. Um, we happen to be in an internal service organization that's technically based, and Jan is a project manager. Joe and Robert are um, uh, technically competent people. You might think IT, you might think um, legal, you might think uh, marketing. It doesn't really matter. They're um, technically skilled, and Jan is a person who manages projects for the organization, bringing things in on time and on budget. Um, for release to their internal clients, okay? Um, So uh, in the first uh, instance, um, Joe has stopped by my office at the end of the day, my cube, and I said, hey, boss, you got a second? I said, sure. He says, look, um, I just want to let you know something. You told us the door was always open, and uh, Jan Jan and I were working on a project recently. I just want to let you know she kind of ticked me off. I said, well, come on in. Tell me me what's going on. He says, well... um, you know, uh, she came over to my desk, and we were behind on this this one project she was working on that I was working on was behind, and she asked me a question about when I was going to get done, and I said, yeah, I think it'll be day after tomorrow, and uh, her voice went up immediately, and she says, I thought you said you'd be done today, and why aren't you done today, and who do I, you know, if I can't get you to do it, who do I need to do to get done, you know, if we have to go outside for this, that's fine, but it's going to come out of your budget, and she was, she immediately went from how are you doing, you know, where are we on this, to hot and in my face, and I thought her face got red, um, and I felt very uncomfortable. And I told her, I said, look, I don't, I don't have to talk to you when you're like this. And I walked away, and I just didn't want to say what I was thinking. So I said, okay, great, you know, thanks. And I, I give Jan some feedback uh, the next day. Uh, it was late in the day that Joe told me, so the next day I go and talk to Jan. I said, hey, Jan, can I give you some feedback? Jan says, sure, boss, what's up? I say, hey, listen, when you um, talk to Joe the way you did recently and you, you ask him when something's going to be done and he tells you later than you want and you um, raise your voice and you ask him why it's not done in an aggressive tone and then you tell him that you know we can find somebody else to do it and it's going to come out of your budget which I would consider to be 
just sort of a professional threat um, rather than attempting to work out the problem and trying to understand what his issue was when, in fact, he was working on something for me. Um, that really worries me, Jan. Um, that, that's not the kind of behavior we want. It doesn't. It comes across as unprofessional. It comes across as not a good project manager. It makes me wonder what's going on with you. Um, uh, and and perhaps more important than anything else, it makes me really wonder about how you treat people, which I don't. I don't like to wonder about that. That's one of my pet peeves, as you well know. So, what can you do differently? And, you know, Mike, I mean, I know that that probably took two or three minutes for me to explain, but but in the, the nutshell of it was, you know, a minute of delivering feedback to, to Jan about a situation where she raised her voice. And I'm sure she felt perfectly rational and justified in raising her voice. But the fact is, you know, I've said this probably a hundred times, maybe not on the podcast, but and there are just very few situations that raising your voice in a, in a non-safety-related incident uh, in a corporation are, are, is appropriate. Uh, there are bosses that do it, but they're not respected. Um, and that's a simple example of feedback. Um, now, um, and, and you haven't and you haven't waited till you've um, heard twenty instances of no. this, and, you, and and it's it's you're it's just like um, any other feedback. Yeah, you, you hear of a problem, you get some feedback on one of your employees, and you're going to turn around and give that individual feedback. So yeah. it's not confrontational. There's it's no big deal. It's it's. It's feedback. Yeah, and I'm not going to lean forward and put my chin out a little bit and say, so what are you going to do differently? Huh? I'm just going to say, hey, what are you going to do differently? I'm going to send a message that I want different behavior, and one of the ways I can encourage effective behavior in this case is, hey, what are you going to do differently? I'm not going to make it as if you're in trouble um, because if, if people believe they're in trouble, Mike, they tend to engage in, in, in uh, defensive behavior to avoid being in trouble, not necessarily to change their behavior in the future. You know, there's a one of the, one of the I think it's a Pavlovian lesson from human behavior, which is if you um, pun- all punishment does is increase the chances that people will avoid the behavior that got them in trouble, but it won't necessarily cause them to engage in good behavior. I want to send the feedback message that hey, this is not the end of the world. I'm not going to fire you, but I, I want different behavior. And if I want different behavior, I might as well engage. I might as well deliver it in a way that increases the chances I'm going to do it. And fear and loathing are not things that motivate people to change. They just motivate people to put pull their heads into their shell. Okay. So a few days go by, and and you know Jan. Um, I don't know what she does. It doesn't really matter in this particular situation. Maybe she goes and apologizes to Joe. Um, um, maybe she, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but now another situation comes up and, um, Robert, um, is in a meeting with me. And at the end of the meeting, he says, Hey, can I walk with you back to the cube? He said, I said, sure. He says, um, Hey, listen, just real quick. Um, uh, Jan and I were talking last week and, um, um, I was working on a project and she asked me to help on hers. And I, I agreed to do just a little bit extra because, uh, she was behind working with, with Cynthia and Jordan on something. And um, when she came to me and asked, hey, you know, are you done? And I said, no. She said, you know, don't ever expect to work on a project with me again. And she didn't really raise her voice or anything, but she just acted really flippant about it. She says, you know, it's people like you that I can't count on that keep this place from doing well. Um, and, and, you know, Robert says, look, no offense, boss, but... Um, I've been here 21 years, and she's been here three. Um, I, I can't imagine that she's the one that should be telling me that it's people like me that keep this place from going well. Um, so um, I thought you'd want to know. And, and, and my response is to Robert, I, I'm not going to 
you know, I don't owe Robert any particular behavior other than, hey, thanks. It's always good for me to know what's going on in my team. Um, you know, if Robert says to me, what are you going to do about it? I said, well, you, you know me, Robert. I'll probably go give her some feedback. Um, and if he says he wants more than that, I'd say, Robert, that, that's not what I'm about. Uh, I'm not here to play tit for tat or to get into a shouting contest between you and Jan about what happened. We're not going to play who shot John here, but um, I'll give her some feedback because that behavior is inappropriate. Um, and of course, if you feel like it's a sensitive issue and she comes back and talks to you about this with anything other than an apologetic tone and offer to stick out her hand and work better with you, then I'd like to hear about that too. Um, and I hope you know that I'd like to hear when she does better. If you work on her with her project in two weeks and she's pleasant and polite and professional and respectful and so on, um, then I'd like to hear that as well. Feedback is not just negative. It can be positive as well. Um, and so I, obviously, uh, this is, let's say noon. And so I stopped by Jan's cube. I said, Hey, listen, can, can I buy you a cup of coffee? She says, uh, she says to me, am I in trouble? I said, Nope, <laughs> but you're going to get feedback. <laughs> um, and she says, Oh gosh, I guess I am in trouble. I said, Nope, Nope. I mean, well, the only person who can get you in trouble is me and I don't think you're in trouble. So I don't think you're in trouble. Um, and I'd say, look, uh, can I give you some feedback? And she says, yeah, I guess. I said, um, when you work with Robert on a project like you did recently and you ask him to do you a favor and he's not even assigned to the project, and when he doesn't deliver something when you want him to, he, you, you tell him it's people like you that make this place a bad place or something to that effect, and you, are, you, you denigrate him even though he was willing to go the extra mile, and you, give him neg- you don't give him negative feedback. You don't give him that professional courtesy. You just essentially zing him uh, after he was willing to do you a favor even though he got swamped. Um, because of another project that he was working on got behind. Um, quite frankly, Jan, it's, it's unprofessional. It's disappointing. It's, uh, it, it makes me wonder what kind of team attitude you have. It makes me wonder how you're doing. That I've heard a couple of these in the last couple of weeks. Um, there's a theme here about deadlines and people that worries me. Um, so what are you going to do differently? And, you know, Jan shakes her head and says, you know, I'll, I'll try to do better. I need to, I need to watch my temper. I've been under a lot of stress. And so, um, and that's fine. This is an example of a of a couple of a uh, couple of instances of feedback. Now, I admit that in my next one on one, I'd probably say something like, "Hey, you mentioned last time I was giving you feedback that you've been stressed out. Is that work? Is it family? Do I need to help? Is it, you know? Do you need to you need some help carrying the ball? Uh, you tell me what's going on. Um, share with me what you can. Um, that would be something that I would cover in my one on one. I'm not going to go over and re- revisit the in detail the the feedback uh, yet. Um, but for right now, I'm just going to make sure that she's doing okay. And that's a great thing about one-on-ones. It's not only a bucket where my directs, where Jan and Joe and Robert can come talk to me about stuff that's been bothering them, but they don't need to bring it to me right at the moment that it come, pops into their heads. By the same token, I don't need to address that with Jan right now. I could wait to my one-on-one with her to give her that, uh, to, to reach in and find out a little bit more about how she's doing. Or I don't even have to address that. I can just ask some more questions about how her family's doing, how church is going, those various extracurricular activities she's involved in, her kids, um, you know, her her charity work, uh, maybe the MBA she's trying to get at night. Um, you know, I'll start paying more attention. I don't know about you, Mike, but I find that when when things start to get a little bit questionable in terms of somebody's performance, I start looking around and thinking to myself, what other signs might there have been that I might have missed? Um in fact, I think you've, you've shared with me a couple of stories that you, once you had the radar up, you started noticing a lot more about somebody's performance. Um, 
or not necessarily performance, but just behavioral issues, ticks and situations that made you realize, yeah, okay, we're, we're a little further along on this path than I originally thought. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, after uh, a number of these kind of feedback sessions, I assume then you're going to get into systemic feedback. Yeah. Um, and so you might have four or five or, you know, and I guess it's pretty situational in terms of how many you're going to have. Right, it may be 10 or but, 15. But it's not going to be... Generally, not one or two. It's, no, yeah, it's definitely it's not a number. one or two. And you know, okay, so it, and you're not going to take us through ten examples before we get into system. Oh, but feedback. I really like giving feedback, Mike. Can't I please? <laughs> huh? Huh? No, no, I'm not. But you know, but but there could be other ones here. Could be ones that are kind of unrelated. Like Jan and I are coming out of a meeting, and she says something like, oh, "Those guys are such idiots." And I might just take her aside and think, you know, I'm thinking she's, this is somebody who wants to grow. And she says it loud enough that maybe other people can hear. And I take her aside, hey, can I give you some feedback? When you walk out of a meeting and so say, those guys are idiots and they're our customers, and I worry that they might be able to hear me, that really concerns me. What can you do differently? And she says, hey, I won't say that anymore. Says, Good. Nice call. <laughs> Let's be mm-hmm. careful. Maybe they were idiots. Maybe we both think they're idiots. Maybe we got to wait till we get back to our cube. Um, you know, so, so yeah, there might be a number of situations like this. And there, there's going to be positive feedback in there, too. When I start giving negative feedback, I start looking for positives as well. I, um, because if I find that a lot of managers don't give nearly as much feedback as they should. And when they start getting a little bit of negative, as I was alluded to earlier, they start looking for negatives. And then it just becomes a steady diet of negative. And what that does is it doesn't encourage a regular stream of nothing but negative. It doesn't encourage different slash effective behavior it just kind of wears people down it makes the feedback much less effective yeah exactly you know as soon as you say are you gonna give me you know can i give you some feedback it their mind immediately starts to shut down yeah if it's always negative yeah uh it reminds me vaguely of the people who say well when we go to step two in the in the disciplinary process here you know tantamount to step three which is firing um we give them really really hard goals so they can so we know they'll fail I mean, that just seems so counterproductive to me. It's like, you know, you don't have the guts to be frank and say, we're going to fire you in six weeks, but we want to give ourselves lots of documentation. Um, yeah, it's not, if you're giving feedback with the idea of zinging somebody or, you know, having an edge to it or sending a subtle message, that's not the purpose of feedback. Feedback is just feedback. Your body tells you when you stub your toe, it hurts. And the reminder is, hey, next time, <laughs> don't stub your toe. Um, it's not, you know, little, little barbs and thorns are not reaching up to, to poke at your toe. Um, it happens. It's a mistake. Nobody intends to make mistakes, but they happen. Um, and, um, we get feedback and we move on. So, okay. All right. So, so what happens, what's, what happens different when you, um, go to systemic feedback? What, what changed in, what's the, the change in tone with, um, your subordinate? Yeah. Um, first, let me just say that this is a critical part of feedback. And I think that most managers think of feedback and coaching or probably some many managers, not being manager tools managers, just think of feedback and and step two. I mean, you know, they give some feedback and they don't like them and they say, look, you're, you're you know, you're on you're on step two uh, or, you know, you're not going to get a bonus this year because you're ticking me off. Um, I like this step because it allows you to continue to monitor their performance, to continue to gather data, um, and uh, it avoids going to the first part of coaching. Look, coaching's fine. It's not hard to do. Um, but feedback is not something that requires weekly monitoring. It's something that just you just 
you're in contact with your employee. And so um, anytime you can avoid escalating through the performance management, you know, the late stages performance management process, you should. And this is just another step um, that sends a different message about the same type of behavior. It's kind of like, hey, listen, you continue to do this stuff. I, I'm not saying that we're going to behave a lot differently, but you should know that the continuation of poor performance has different implications than the first and second instance of poor performance. And I think that's that's a, a critical thing. It's just like it's kind of like three strikes are out. Um, you, you know, you you can't keep getting the same negative reward, if you will, um, uh, for the con- same behavior. Otherwise, some people will just get comfortable and say, "Well, I'm okay with not getting a bonus. I just want to keep my job." No, that's not the way it works. We're gonna we're gonna ratchet up the implications of your poor performance, which it, which really is another way of saying we're really talking now about their lack of willingness to change. Yeah. Okay. So, so what does uh, systemic feedback uh, sound like? Okay. It sounds like this. Um, so Jan, can I give you some feedback? When you, um, have a period of weeks, when there's been a period of weeks, uh, the last five or six weeks, and I've given you several pieces of feedback about managing deadlines and how, how it affects you working with other people in terms of your feed, you know, your, your instance with Joe and Robert and, um, and Cindy and Jordan, um, you know, I, I begin to get a little bit worried. Um, um, what happens is I get worried that we have a bigger issue on our hands than just you being a little bit late. I, I uh, You've been telling me that you're going to watch that, um, and yet I don't see any change. Um, your, your performance begins to suffer, and I begin to wonder whether or not you're either capable or maybe not willing to make the change, or perhaps capable and or willing but unable to see the value of the change and and I'm getting concerned. So, what can you do differently? Now, I will say that many many people there there are sort of three different responses to systemic feedback, Mike. The first one is uh, they don't get it. They just think they're 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 getting the same feedback as before, right? They don't see the systemic piece that now we're adding in the lack of willingness to change, lack of capability to change, or belief that it's not important kind of well okay i can continue doing this because i've got a lifetime job or whatever yeah that 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 would be a critical mistake i think yes obviously the other two um, behaviors is um they feel like you're just piling on you're rehashing old feedback and so they have a very defensive response to it because when you start talking about people's capability and willingness to change they do see the systemic part but they get more defensive um and usually that takes the form of Am I in trouble here? And, you know, the answer to that question is, to me, always, no, you're not in trouble. In fact, I've had somebody ask me when they were in step two, um, are, you know, am I in trouble? No, you're not in trouble, but you are in step two, and it is the last step before you get fired. Well, gosh, that sounds like trouble to me. I said, well, I, you know, I don't know how you define trouble, but you're in step two, and if you continue to behave this way, in three weeks you're going to be fired. Um. Okay, and the other way people respond is they go, oh, huh, um, that sounds different than before. And and you say, yes, it is. Um, you know, I can give you several bits of feedback about something that's not going well, and I'm a pretty flexible person. I'm going to try to work with you. And when you continue to behave this way, it's it's becoming clear to me that the feedback is not working. You're not changing your behavior. And if the behavior doesn't change after a while, 
it's going to significantly impact your performance, your performance reviews, this team's performance, this team's effectiveness, your coworkers' effectiveness, and we're, we're going to have to do something different. We're, uh, you know, you're going to have to engage in coaching, or there are going to be repercussions. And obviously, I don't want to go there. But yes, this is different feedback than what you've been getting all along. Now we're talking systemic feedback. I might even call it that. I might even say this is feedback about the system of non-change that you're engaged in. How many times um, would you expect to have this kind of conversation? Is this like feedback in the sense uh, you're going to give systemic feedback a number of times, or is this a, a one-time Great question. shot? No, it's not a one-time shot. Um, you know, it would depend. It, you know, if I saw a 10% improvement after systemic feedback, and by the way, people, you know, people don't always magically snap their fingers and become exactly what you want them to be. I know that'll disappoint a lot of people out there, but you wish. You know, human beings don't make hard right turns. Um, but but if I see a 10 or 20% improvement with still some struggling, I might stick with the person. If I see a lot of talents that I like, a lot of mentality that I want on my team, you know, I'll invest. I'll go deep. I'll go the extra mile to help them around a particular issue. And, and I'll tell the team, if somebody were to say to me, gosh, Mark, it seems like you're putting an awful lot of time in with Jen, I'd say, yeah. And you know what? When that happens to you, I'll give you that and a little bit more as well. Um, just because I believe that firing somebody is just an admission of failure. Um, so, so no, you wouldn't certainly wouldn't do it as many times. Now, might I do it three or four? Yes. I have found quite frankly, Mike, that if I've done, if I've done seven, eight, 10 bits of feedback about something and, uh, and quite frankly, if we're talking about, well, let me, let me finish. Um, if I've done seven to 10 bits of feedback on something and I go to systemic feedback, Probably the chances of the person making a significant change are not all that great. Um, um, and the systemic feedback is designed to send a different message. Um, now, there are some situations where, you know, managers' hands are tied. They call me and they say, Mark, you know, I, I can't go, I can't do five, six, seven, eight bits of feedback about being late because, um, because my company says if they're late three times, I have to put them in coaching or I have to put them in step one. I'd say, well, okay, you know, if there's a if there's a mechanical system, an electronic system that verifies they were late and then sends you a message saying, "Have you done that? Great." Um, then, okay, fine, comply with the system. I have found that the vast majority of companies don't do that. There is some leeway, and I always applaud managers who are willing to give a little bit more leeway. Um, on the other hand, I think a lot of managers miss a lot of times that people are late, um, for instance. And, um, and so if you if you, if you found they're late seven times, they've probably been late 20 times, which, you know what? We can expect adult and professional behavior from adult professionals, and that means they shouldn't be late 20 times. So no, I think twice, two bits of feedback, Mike, um, systemic feedback. Now, recognize... There's a bigger gap between systemic feedback because um, we're not going to give them systemic feedback, and then the next time they make the same mistake, immediately come back and give them systemic feedback again. I might wait several um, bits of feedback, and you might actually give um, regular feedback in between issue one and issue two of systemic feedback. And in fact, in this case, what I'd like to do, let me give you an example of of um, some some different systemic feedback um, that, that we could give to Jan. Um, because remember now she's got two, hopefully our, our listeners have seen there are two issues here. One is how she treats people. And the other is that her projects that she has an issue with time. Um, so I might say this, um, Jan may give you some feedback. Uh, and by the way, systemic feedback, I would tend to give in my one-on-one, um, because it's, 
Uh, it's not about a particular incident. It's about a series of incidents, so it's not as time-based. It doesn't need to be as close to a particular incident, since we're talking about a series, than, than normal feedback is. Um, but it would sound like this. Um, Jan may give you some feedback. Um, when you tell me that you're green on a project for 20 of 24 weeks and then suddenly we become red at the 22nd week um, and then you miss the deadline and uh, when you um, are late uh, in middle and late stages on the projects we mentioned several weeks ago with Joe and Robert um, and then you're, you tell me you're going to be on time and then you're late and late again, um, here's what happens. I begin to doubt that you that that you're being candid with me about what's going on in your projects early on. I begin to doubt that you're really able to manage the timeline of the projects effectively. Even though there are some that are coming in on time, I'm guessing that those were happening fairly straightforwardly, and they don't require a project manager's best efforts. And on the ones that require your best efforts, you're not giving us your best. And I'm beginning to wonder whether or not in the future you will be able to bring projects in on time. And so I really see this as a systemic issue. What can you do differently about this? Um, so in that case, it's not just necessarily the, the ability to change. It's more of, I don't see you being able to do your job in the future. You're not doing your job well now. And I've continued to talk to you about it. And you continued not to step up to the standard that I asked you to do. So that's kind of, that, that's how it could sound either in terms of capability and willingness in the first instance or in terms of literally ability to do your job because you've not been doing it for the last several weeks. Well, that's where we'll cut it off for today's show. We'll complete the conversation next week. A couple of notes before we go. First, if you haven't listened to the Members Only podcast, you'll want to do so. We start going into a bit more detail on the DISC model that we covered on our Improve Your Feedback show a couple weeks back. We got a lot of positive responses to the model so we're going to much more detail on the members-only shows. Now, remember, registering is free and it's easy. Just go to the website and you'll see a register link on the bottom left of the site. Second, we've recently implemented some new discussion forums on the Manager Tools site. We found that the blog isn't really a great mechanism for carrying on detailed conversation about the topics we cover here. So we hope to remedy this a bit with the uh, Manager Tools discussion forums. And Mark and I encourage you to post your comments and questions there, effectively sharing your experiences and learnings with the larger Manager Tools community. You'll find the link on the website at www.manager-tools.com. It's also the beginning of the month, and so you know what to do. Go to Podcast Alley and drop your vote for us there. As always, there's an easy link on our website, and Mark and I really appreciate when you take the time to do so. So with that, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you all again next week. So long.